We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. Everybody, so glad you're here on the SightShift podcast. We are relaunching this new format, new style, new vibes. Get to hang out with fun people like my friend Ray McFerrin here today. Uh, Ray, so good to have you, man. Thanks, Chris. I'm pumped. Yeah, you don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> it's uh, it's such a highly relational trust thing when you're doing it in a new format. And so appreciate the trust with you being here. And the cool part is, Ray, you and I, we live in the same metro area. And we have connected a ton of times virtually. And if I'm incorrect, I don't think I am, not yet once in person. So we got to bring that <laughs> that's that's a streak that we is is worth breaking though yeah we yeah. ought to get that jam in person yes I've got some ideas on that uh, for some stuff for summer vibes for local folks so we'll hit some of that uh, before we go after we get done but yeah what a privilege to have you here and so the, the whole theme of the show right now we're just letting people hear stories stories of people's growth and development how they're leaning in how they're paying attention transforming their insecurities um and just as a starting point just for some context ray came in through our figure that shift out program uh we'll probably get into that some went through some transformations we're going to go through a little bit of the past there but love to hear just as a way of jumping right into the heart of the action like a good movie uh where right now do you feel like you've got some momentum you're really uh, you're excited about something in your life. Love to hear about that. Yeah. Um, where am I winning? And really this connects back to, you know, a lot of what you teach and is part of the program, which is the more that I am putting my authentic self out there (laughs) into the universe, the more one, the more energized that I'm feeling. And the more that I would see the world wanting to reflect that back to me, um, both in, you know, opportunities, exciting, cool new opportunities to uh, be a part of, as well as just people, people that I'm getting to meet. So that's super energizing to me. I'm sort of wired that way just to feed off of, of connections and the energy of others. Um, but it's a good reinforcing mechanism, right? to sort of say, just keep leaning in, you know, go embrace um, that authentic self and watch the world reflect it back. Um, I'll give you another um, that's really literally been striking me just this past week, actually, is um, maybe you can categorize this in the area of being inspired, is sort of wrestling with this paradox, if you will, of, uh, you know, I think in society today, we see a lot of this want of embrace of, you know, embrace this, um, abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, but in some religions, or I could say personally for me, um, my faith, there's a lot of teachings 
that sort of can go counter to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but been really feeling inspired to go inspect those truths and sort of let and see what bubbles to the surface um, and really question those, but in a good, in a positive way mm-hmm. and sort of see w- what is really there um, from a sense of, uh, so again, just to give you an example, you've got abundance mindset, but in a lot of ways from a religious or cultural perspective, there's sort of this Puritanism mm-hmm. um, of a Christian faith that says you're, you're sort of destined to a diluted life of basic utility, <laughs> sacrifice, and stoicism. Um, but I don't know that that's true. Um, you know, and, and you can go find truths that say the Lord, you know, God wants to give you the, the desires of your heart. Um, and if you're somebody that believes that you're created in God's image, then that means that there's a lot of clues then in your desires that are from within. And so, um, personally been feeling challenged by that and with clients that I'm working with to just really lean into those desires that live from within Mm. and let those bubble to the surface um, because there are massive clues and massive unlocks there. So feeling super inspired about that recently. Yeah. Oh man, you're going to get me nerding out in (laughs) all kinds of things that, uh, yeah. So I want to go back to the first thing and we're going to come back to the second thing too. The first thing there that you're just, you're inspired, you're putting yourself out there, you've got some momentum there and you're seeing that reflected back to you. So the understated point there is, so you mean, and and obviously this is, uh, you'll get the encouragement this will be to people, you mean you were hesitant or nervous about doing that? Yeah, yep, absolutely. And what would what would what would that nervousness or hesitancy be about? Like if I put myself out there, blank might happen. Yeah, um, I think it's either it's commonly fear of. So one of the my most common fears that I encounter is actually associating my worth to my performance, and you know anytime to sort of step into an uncomfortable or new circumstance or situation, then there's a risk that that's not going to go well. Hmm. Um, or that I wouldn't be meeting a certain set of expectations. Um, and so that, you know, there's a fear there, but I think to be true to myself is one that really likes to try and to do new things. And so, you know, to operate more from that mindset, um, it, it's certainly more fulfilling and it actually then attracts others in a healthy mm-hmm. way um, that want to do that or might be need inspired or encouraged to do that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, I, I think I want to comment on how the clarity of your vulnerability. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard that phrase, but I feel that, hear that, see that just listening to you talk because you're inviting people in to your own, to their awareness as you model it with your own awareness. And just for those listening, I think it'd be go ahead and good to, to comment on this. And then we'll come back to the second thing that had you inspired, you know, raise using language there that refers to the work, right? That we do the idea that we all have this identity fear and these fears at work that block up who we are. Um, and so you went through our core program, figure that shift out, 
uh, didn't go through it with me. He went through it with a coach, and apparently it still worked. Uh, <laughs> so that speaks to the coach and to your work and what you did leaning in. Um, what for you would be something that you – what was the one of the biggest insights, and maybe it was just what you referenced there, uh, going through the program? What was a big takeaway for you, a transformation point? Yeah. I think I found that a lot of my um, sort of being, if you will – Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, it certainly it, it connected a lot to just my my professional life and my career, which I'd really attached, you know, because I had sort of been this high performer throughout life that was easy to carry that into my career and no problem as long as things are going well. Um, but the moment, you know, that I personally sort of experienced a ceiling, it ended up being pretty crushing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by going through um, the program to really do that deconstruction, to peel off those layers, to get to the core and the root of who am I um, outside of those roles, responsibilities and relationships that are in my life, um, to get to the root of what are those things that are maybe holding me back that are rooted in those fears and insecurities, then allowed me to, you know, the, the common phrase of name it to tame it. Once you know mm-hmm. what's going on, you're more capable to actually manage it mm-hmm. effectively. Then to step into a place to, to do that inviting of all of yourself to the table, go, go explore, go let those desires rage, if you will, uh, allow that inspiration to come and remember that that's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's, all part of who you are and gave me personally a lot of confidence to step forward um, so that when those fears or insecurities would crop up to have a reminder that you know those are not who I am in fact I've done some work to figure out who I am um, so that I can step forward with that confidence um, securely sort of let that overflow you know, into those roles and responsibilities and relationships. And it's funny, uh, I guess I shouldn't say funny, but really then how life began to just sort of unfold um, <laughs> out of that, right? Sort of just to be able to cooperate um, better with what was actually happening in my life. Yeah, dude, <laughs> we got to... <laughs> Just use that alone. You said it so succinctly and beautifully about the process of transformation where you're not fighting against the insecurity, but instead you're learning to work with what's there to let it transform you. Because the weird part is that I think we skip over this a lot. The insecurity actually is the beginning of the momentum of transformation. So so I don't need to shame myself or beat myself up for them. I can, I can pay attention to them and I can pay attention to them just like I can desires, right? So after we start seeing these insecurities stop holding us back, we we get to what you said, our authentic self, where these desires can show up. Um, and I think maybe what will dovetail to the second thing that you shared about winning, it's a quote that C.S. Lewis has, and I'm butchering it because I can't remember the word-for-word word part of it, but it basically says this. It's not that our desires get us in trouble and desires are wrong. It's that we're living from too shallow of a desire. Hmm. So the idea being when we're tapped into that deeper desire – that it actually is a guiding North Star for us. Um, and that is what I heard you sharing about, sharing about in this second piece of where you're winning. You're, you're exploring some of the questions around that, 
wrestling mm-hmm. with that. Um, in, in what ways have you seen desire show up that you've been surprised by it, surprised by the strength of it, the passion for it, how much you really want it, or the direction of it? Just curious about what that's like for you. Yeah. And I will, I'll, I'll fight off and shake off an insecurity <laughs> that wants to come just in hearing you ask me that question, which is, um, you know, what I've f- found by just being open to go explore and listen to those desires is, as I look back through my life, even starting from when I was a child, I've always had this desire to want to perform, um, and, you know, different parts of my life, I th- you know, I let that happen. It came to the surface and it would net out, um, you know, initially in wanting to learn how to play guitar. Uh, but then, you know, c- circumstantially your life unfolds and, you know, I put that aside. It becomes a thing that I don't do anymore. But then I remember, you know, either going to a concert or being in a worship venue and being inspired and feel wanna, that desire. I want to come back to the, to the surface to say... I think I want to do that. I, mm. I think I want to go do that. And so I go and do it, right? That becomes a period of my life where I am doing it. I am someone that is up on stage and leading um, others through performing. But then you reach another phase of your life. And, you know, for me, that's sort of you enter the professional realm. And really, that got stuffed pretty far away. And, you know, when I went through the program, that was one of the things that really just jumped right back to the surface to say, I still want to do that stuff, right? And it's okay that I still want to do that stuff. Um, my goal isn't to be, uh, you know, the, the greatest guitar player on this planet. Really, the goal is to just lean into that desire and let that be a part of who I am and let it manifest you know, in different ways, um, creativity, you know, creativity, um, is really the root of it is sort of, there is, you know, there's something within there that wants to be and enjoys being creative and, you know, they're looking for ways to bring that part, um, of oneself, um, to the world, you know, to the world that I'm living in day to day. So I don't know if that's answering your question, but it, it did surprise me, I think, yeah. you know, when I went through the, the process, because that was something that had been stuffed away for so long with inside of me and just how much joy, you know, that's really bringing um, to my life uh, since I've embraced it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think this is a huge part of what happens. We have all these narratives and lies. So one of them is you got to go to work. Work's going to suck. Uh, that can even be like you were talking about ingrained in our culture, just from a religious background standpoint, because we have so much Christianity in the West. It's like, well, Jesus suffered and died. So my life should be suffering. And and not that there aren't going to be elements of suffering, but the idea is so pervasive. And then, you know, when it comes to so many executives we've worked with where they're using so much of their left rational mind in their work. And they're really the the intuitive part, the creative part is starving and so then they feel so alive in the band they play in, in the weekends or whatever, that uh, how powerful to not have to keep those separated, but to be able to bring all of it together. And it doesn't mean we may not enjoy the band and the whole thing that we're doing. So, yeah, that's inspiring, man. 
where do you feel like right now as you look at just momentum and, and processing and leadership and life where you might feel uh, that you're not getting the momentum you want? You want to see it grow some more. You might even feel a little stuck with it. Yeah. Well, I think it, it really does connect back to one of those primary uh, fears or insecurities I have, which is around that performance piece. So, you know, having started my own business around coaching and leadership consulting and I'm still being a driven person, which is to just always want to be stepping on that gas, right? Um, to want to achieve the results. But when I, anytime I recenter um, and remember that, you know, part of the why uh, wanting to do this was to help others it is also a passion and creative outlet to create and to build things. Um, one, it becomes that much more fulfilling. And two, I do find that the results then just come. Um, so, you know, really the, the tighter you squeeze, um, the, the harder you press on the gas, um, at least from my personal experience, usually the, the less likely the results are to come uh, versus if I just recenter and relax and maybe to tie that back to what I was sharing a little bit at the top of our discussion, which is, you know, the, the more of the authentic self that you put out into the world, the more the world will just want to reflect that back to you. Oh man. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. When I, you know, <clears throat> I tried to take the work I do, you're a part of, we'll get into that a little bit at the end. Cause I want to share that with people. Um, but I tried to take it in the direction I wanted it to go and I thought it should go. And I, I hammered on the gas, man, like, whoo. And if I would have applied that energy to the direction we're in now, at least the last seven years, it was so much, it, it was immediately fruitful because I wasn't trying to force something, right? To make it either go the way I wanted it to go or to go faster than it was clearly going. Um, and so, yeah, that I, I resonate with that a lot. I, you know, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about how to process this and stay healthy with it. And But even as I was sharing before we kicked up, uh, you know, the recording, we're going out of town next week or, or tomorrow really. So I feel like, oh, there's this stuff that has to get done. And so I had a harsh interaction with one of my kids yesterday and apologized and made sure there was no like lie she believed because of it. But Ray, what had happened was I felt this like pressure. I have to get to this certain point. And if I don't get to this certain point, this is going to happen, you know, and what it's at the core of it is, you know, you're trying to earn something that is already yours, your, your worth as a human. So I love that. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about because you, you know you're a leader. You're you're in the arena every day, getting the sweat on your brow, and you're also seeking to grow and impact with others in that role and and with what you're doing and coaching others too. Um, what for you when you think about who you are and your strengths? Because we talked about like the the insecurities. What do you think about when you go, man? This is the part of me I like the most. I'm really happy with this part about me. What comes mm. to mind there? I think it's another one I've had to to learn to to like that or to to love that. Mm. But what it is is, um, I guess I would call it my range. 
um, which is as a, as a general human being, I'm interested in lots of things, you know, Mm. you could categorize that to sort of say my music tastes, you know, I can listen from anything to country, country to classical, to hip hop, to R and B, you know, to listen to the eighties playlist earlier this week, you know, it, it can all bring me joy. I can all appreciate it. Same thing with food, but even in my career, it sort of has played out that way where, um, I'll, I'll just take interest in different functional areas or different disciplines. And, um, there was a time where actually I was fed some career advice that said, you're doing it wrong. Mm. You need to pick a lane and go deep. That's how you'll succeed in your career. And, um, I had to wrestle with that, knowing that that wasn't authentic to me. Not that I think that's bad career advice, um, but I knew that wasn't playing to my strengths. Um, So, yeah, the fact that I have range is something that I like about myself. Dude, I love it. That's 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 probably one of the fun, most fun questions I feel like I can ask people because it's the answers can be so unique and we don't realize the particularities that we operate with that we can operate with that we can live out of that get muted so much um because of that you know you get high level bad career advice like that you get street level i I remember you're making me think of this at a i was at a coffee shop and that was the stage of the business at that point just tons of meetings there i was meeting with this guy and uh it Anyway, he was like, you got to be on LinkedIn. It's never going to be what it can be if you're not on LinkedIn. And and at the time, I wasn't on LinkedIn and didn't want to be and wasn't for like four or five years. And it didn't seem to hurt anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just all of that stuff. You, it, it goes back to what you opened with, a great two words, an authentic self, you know. And I think sometimes the way we talk about authenticity, it's like we want to make it like it's a defense mechanism. I'm not that, so I'm going to be this, which is just reactive, when you're relaxed with who you are, it's a unique expression. It's it's Ray being what only Ray can be, um, and that dude has range. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What right now for you would be uh, some challenges you're facing in in just leading others? It could be particular to your world, your team, your company. Particular to the current environment we're in. Hmm. Um. I think something that comes to mind and I'm not purposely trying to tie it back to, you know, sort of the, the program or, you know, what we learn through the site shift program, but, um, seeing and identifying um, other individuals, high performers or, or leaders that you can tell they're struggling, um, Mm but they're not, they've not hit that moment yet mm-hmm. where they realize it. Um, sort of, you know, it's, it's challenging to be able to help someone um, until they sort of can recognize they've hit that point um, that they could use some perspective or that they could use, that they could use some help. And so, mm-hmm. you know, how do you help them along the way uh, so that when the time comes, um, they know that you're someone that can be trusted um, is not coming from a loaded place or an agenda. Um, 
But, you know, I think that shows up whether that's in the workplace or in our lives, um, but feeling, you know, what's, what's your responsibility there? It's really goes back to what we said before. Um, if you try to force it or jam on the gas pedal or squeeze it, it's not going to happen. Um, so how do you love them along the way? And so that, um, when they get to that moment, they know there's a somebody uh, that they can go have that trusted conversation with. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, when COVID hit, I put a lot into like getting an upgraded setup video wise because I had conferences that already booked that went virtual and, and I wanted to keep booking and so, um, and show up well for teams. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I invested time, money and energy and relative to most people I would get on video with, I knew like arms wide open more than they did. Uh, and that was not natural. Like I was running everything through an iPad pre-COVID. Well, I met with a coach who does this video setup, lighting, all that. Ray, it's like I barely had 2% knowledge to his 98. I mean, he blew my mind on this awareness. And so, yeah, it is, it is, um, it is painful to see that. I had a, my own vulnerable thought around that this week, actually. Um, have you heard of the movie The Last Duel? No. Okay. So The Last Duel, uh, Ridley Scott did it. Big, big film. And had Adam Driver in it. Kylo Ren from the Star Wars movies. I think that's his name. Which, by the way, this is hilarious. He lives in a building and, and the kids there think Kylo Ren lives in their building. <laughs> <laughs> he commented on that. It's so cool. Kids like, right? It's like Star Wars is real and Kylo Ren lives in my building. So anyway, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, huge film. And and this doesn't give away anything, but because I'm actually only part of the way through it. At, at my stage of life, I feel like I watch movies in 30-minute increments. It sucks, <laughs> but it, it, it just is. So, but, but part one is showing you one guy's perspective, and then part two is showing you another guy's perspective, same events. And it's a stunning uh, reminder that we can all be so convinced of our own reality. We can all come to our own conclusions and they be so wrong or so right. And I've found if you have a lot of self-doubt, that's going to hold you back. But if you're also very self-assured, that's going to hold you back. Hmm. You've got to know where you're at with that and make sure you're bringing in the other. And uh, yeah. What a, what a powerful way to to speak to this need for people. So we're talking about leading and leading others and so much happening in the world at any given point. I mean, change is a dynamic that's just here and real. Uh, what's an encouraging message you think leaders need to hear right now? Uh, something that they could just hearing it through your voice, your experience, your lens could be benefited by and really hold on to. Hmm. Maybe a, a couple of things come to mind, but I'll just lead off with this one and then see if it either uncovers the second one or maybe becomes obsolete. I think the first is just the, um, the power that comes with vulnerability in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a way that it cre- creates burden um, on your colleagues or team members, but in the way that it creates an invitation. Mm. Um, you know, if you sort of picture the, you know, having a seat at the table, vulnerability 
is bringing others in versus, as you said, sort of this facade or the pressure to put up a front that I'm expected to have all of the answers um, or, you know, there are sort of these undue pressures and expectations that reside and fall on me and my team is looking to me to have all of that. Uh, I don't actually think that's true. Um, in fact, I think you can gain a lot of um, credibility, you know, if you're willing to show and lead a little bit with vulnerability. Mm. I love it. What would you think about this statement? Um, I track with that so much. You know, we relax people with our struggles. We inspire them with our wins. Um, I saw it in a meeting I had earlier today. Uh, I shared a story about how in a very cowardice way I'd been forwarding an action every few months, not taking a step I needed to. And you could see it like how it encouraged them. And I I wasn't my, you know, intent. I was just telling the story. And, you know, everybody needs to know their leaders are actively developing through wins, challenges, failures, setbacks. That's what makes them truly inspired. Um, But also, too, I think a part of this is we're so afraid to admit there's a problem. And this is what I want to see where you track with it on. Um, The higher you rise in leadership, the more it's or the less it's about you having the answer and more about you almost like creating the right problem through the right question. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that to be true in your experience? Yeah, um, just the power of a question. I'm glad that you um, threw that out there because I do. I think I do believe that it's not often always about the answer. It's just it's about the right question um, because the right question sure can get to the right answer, but it's also the sort of reverberating effect that a, a really good or well-timed question can have that then prompts other wondering, um, you know, to the other individual that that's on the other side of the conversation, you know, the unlocks that would come from within. And really that's, you know, I think where you ultimately want to get, whether it's a business problem or um, a life, a career problem, a marriage problem, you know, anytime you can get those questions to sort of rise or the answers to rise from within the individual, they have more staying power and they're more impactful and more than likely closer to the right answer that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. So well said, you know, and that's why I think it's so passionate for me to see leaders uh, transformed in their insecurities, not driven by them blindly because they often have these powerful moments that they can take the team to but that's not going to happen when they think they've got to have all the answers. That's not going to happen when they think, you know, yeah, they may have some visionary intuitive leaps on something. They may protect the team on values, uh, keep the team focused on strategy. But, but after that, some of these core functions, like really they're putting great people in place who could do it better than them anyway. That's the goal. And so I shouldn't have the answer. <laughs> I, I'm getting people in place who are resourced and unleashed who are going to have that answer. Hmm. Um, that's awesome. What, what for you, like, because you, you went through the, the, the program and did the work and developed yourself and grew your awareness. But curious to hear for you on your journey of leadership, when did you really start 
valuing, and maybe it's always been there, uh, awareness and 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 developing yourself and and getting this higher perspective. Hmm. Was it a pain or a setback, or you just noticed it was gradually there? To some degree, I think it's for the most part always been part of my career, sort of leadership trajectory, but probably for different reasons or motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, it was us- it was I think previously it was mostly skill driven, mm-hmm. experience driven, not awareness driven. Um, and it was the you know appreciating and understanding the value of you know that that awareness skill was born out of a pain you know sort of hitting that moment um, in a career and really wrestling with that you know the crushing feeling uh, that sort of bubbles up from within that sort of that negative energy and not knowing what to do with that you know sort of all of the skills and experiences I had gained over the course of my career up to that point weren't equipping me for how to deal with that. Um, and so I guess like most things, the most valuable lessons come from pain. That's where it did come from me was to say, this is something I need to know how to handle and how to deal with in a better and healthier way. And to be able to be equipped with that, um, tool or to have that skill set. Um, certainly makes me um, a more secure, um, a leader with more capacity, you know, to support others. And also what led me to want to um, become certified, you know, in the approach is to having experienced it firsthand is something that I want to help others um, build this skill set that have a desire, you know, whether they are hitting the exact same situation or scenario that I did doesn't matter, but there's that, that's a universal feeling, um, that human beings will probably be reaching at some point. And so to be ready and to be there to want to help others um, when, they're, when they need it, when they want it. Yeah, that's awesome. I want, to, I want to highlight something you said there. Before we do that, I want to ask you one more question. If, well, unless you say something else, I'm going to ask something else. Uh, the pain moment you're describing, you use the word crushing there. Talk to me just a second before and after like what's the before feeling of that what's the pain moment there because if people are listening to this they're like man i I wonder if i felt the same thing he felt in my career and then Mm. what's the after feeling yeah i think to describe it in more detail it was a feeling of um rejection but then tying to those underlying insecurities of either not being good enough associating my performance with my value, my worth as a human being. Can I pause um, you real quick? Yeah. So was the rejection like like not getting a promotion, uh, not something not working out like you wanted to get to a new role? Yeah, yep. Okay. And so what you're saying then is that pain, that's what sucked, but then you got the insight that, hey, there's something deeper here in my story. It's not just that. It's what you were just going through there with those Yeah. Fears. Yeah, absolutely. And so... You know, th- through the whole process, one being able to grasp and understand why I was feeling, mm-hmm. you know, that crushing pain from within, um, certainly helped to be able to 
navigate through that moment, but then have a tool in my tool belt for any other time that that uh, wants to surface. Because you know the the trick isn't to develop some cure here. Um, we're not going to be able to navigate uh, life in this world without avoiding moments like that. It's just simply to be better equipped um, to handle them and, and work through them productively. So yeah. and, you know, and I guess there's the 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 after. Mm-hmm. And I kind of alluded to this, you know, I guess a little bit earlier in the discussion is once I learned how to relate to uh, my job or my career in a healthier way, um, you know, I could go down through what might seem like a, a superficial list, but just how really things started to just happen. <laughs> First and foremost, I started to appreciate and enjoy that same job that I had had that much more, right? To do it through a lens of uh, being aligned with, you know, really who I am and what what do I believe I'm here for? What is my purpose to be serving from that posture? But then, you know, again, maybe list off superficial list to, you know, to then getting a promotion, you know, to increasing salary, to moving my family to a community and a house that we had loved and wanted to losing 10 pounds in 30 days, right? You Man, can go the you list. You played the country music song backward or forward, <laughs> right. whatever yeah, it is. Just missing a dog in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but really all sort of, you know, circling back to and centralizing on just doing that work to understand, you know, who I really was um, and to sort of live that life in a secure posture to have, to have that capacity, you know, to, to, to be overflowing into those roles and responsibilities and relationships versus looking to get something out of them. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Kept yourself from staying in a victim mindset. Instead, you transformed it. I, okay, what is this place not giving me into what can I give this place? So uh, not that we would title it this way, but it's Ray McFerrin, the man with range who turned a career rejection into a transformation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so good. So good. That might be well, a little long for a country song, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a true, true statement there. Well, you um so proud to be able to say that you've leaned in, done this work, and now you guide others through it as a, as a site shift certified coach. So people that just wanted to connect with you more. Um, or, or, or find out what it's like to work with you, what's the best way they can contact you? Yeah, um, really, it's funny, you caught out LinkedIn. So, but that's where I'm at. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Um, and on there, I look to encourage, provoke thought that really cuts through the noise of your typical feed. Hopefully that's what you're experiencing. Look me up, give me a follow, send me a message. Um, I would love to get to know you, to connect um, as I mentioned earlier, that's awesome. sort of the way I'm wired. I, I get a lot of energy out of that, you know, personal connection with other human beings um, and, and relationships. And is is your user? That's awesome. I love that the relational and the strategic intentional. Is your username Ray McFerrin, the man with range? How do they find you on LinkedIn if they type it in? That's it. Yeah, go to the search bar, hit LinkedIn search bar, Ray McFerrin. You'll find me. All right. M-C-F-E-R-R-E-N, correct? You got it. Boom. There you go. I've learned over the years to spell it out for people just in case, uh, help them take that next step. So what a joy, privilege to have you here. 
and to hear more about your story, what you're doing, what you've done, where you're headed. We're cheering you on all the way, buddy. Thanks, Chris. Peace, man. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T-Shift.com to take the next step.